0: Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano.
1: This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast with two-time NBA All-Star and New York Knicks assistant general manager, former NBA player, Alan Houston, is brought to you by Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, $38 a month, sponsor a child Make a difference in a child's life. This is your chance to do just that with Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, $38 a month, release a child from poverty, and sponsor a child today. Today's guest on the podcast, former NBA player Alan Houston, joins the program. He played in the NBA from 1993 to 2005. He was selected in the first round, 11th pick overall. In the 93 draft by the Detroit Pistons, he played his college basketball at the University of Tennessee, playing under his dad as the head coach there, and then went on to play 13 seasons in the NBA, a two-time All-Star. He played with the Pistons from 1993 to 1996, and then was a free agent and signed a deal with the New York Knicks, where he finished out his career in New York from 1996 to 2005, he was an Olympic gold medalist for Team USA at the Sydney Olympics in the year 2000. And he's now the GM of the Westchester Knicks, the NBA G League team, along with being the New York Knicks, his former team, along with being their assistant general manager. And Alan was really good on this podcast because we talk about his faith, but we talk about fatherhood and the void that is so uh, pre- prevalent, I think, out there in society with fathers and, and the father void that so many of us have. And his initiative uh, in terms of giving back and being an advocate for father, uh, fatherhood and mentorship is just really inspiring. So we talked to Alan about his career as well, the biggest changes in the NBA from then to now and playing with some incredible players during his career and against some imp- incredible players like Michael Jordan and Carl Malone and Charles Barkley, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we get into his faith as well and where that was grounded and rooted. This is a good basketball podcast. I think you guys will really like hearing from Alan Houston, the former NBA player, longtime New York Knicks, New York Knicks' assistant general manager, and he joins us here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Take a listen. Alan, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you, Alan. You've been out. Yeah. Now it's been 13 years. I was doing some research and realized I can't believe it's been that long since you played yeah, in man. the NBA in a game. Uh, you're now in, in your late 40s. You're working in the front office with the Knicks. What do you think, just off the top here, has been the biggest difference in your opinion on how the NBA has changed and evolved since the last time you played in a basketball game?
0: Um. I think the three point line and the the use of it the impact of the three point line has uh, has really grown and expanded the game in a lot of ways uh the spacing of the game um I think you know, players who are um, bigger taller are playing multiple positions um you know when we were playing you know our so called forwards and bigs were kind of more limited to certain areas. And now you have uh, it's seemingly what basketball experts and people in this game want to go to more positionless basketball. Um, you know, we have a player, Christoph Porzingis, who, um, you know, plays all over the floor and um, has the ability to bring the ball up. He's 7 3. So you know you see you see a lot of that I think you know the coverages of defense has has enhanced um you have to guard multiple ball screens pick and rolls different screens and different angles um there's there's more movement on the offensive end um I I think the biggest change has been more from a holistic approach in terms of social media and how um, just the commentary has changed, not only how the game is, is can be seen and investigated and and watched and experienced, but from the player perspective, there's there's a lot more that the players um, hear and see consistently in a high volume. So that that really has changed a lot.
1: Yeah, it's one thing to to hear boos or, or cheers in the stands, but to literally hear them infiltrating your your phone and, and getting feedback every single day, every single moment. If you want to look at it, that's gotta be that's uh, gotta be a lot. And I'm do you work with the players in terms of kind of giving them a, a you know a, a not a tutorial per se, but encouragement on how to properly use social media and things to look out for.
0: Well, we have, we have a great staff. Every team is, you know, has put people in positions to really help the players. But essentially, it's, it's, it's really kind of an, unavoidable with the technology. You know, players now are, they have their phones, and, you know, at halftime and it's, it's, they're always on it. And we, you know, we are. And I think it's just something that's, you, you just have to be constantly aware of it. You know how healthy is it. You know that's another thing. Um, hmm. But um, you know when I was playing, you could just not read the paper. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know you just you know um, you know you wouldn't be aware and hear things. But now the the, the problem is you're, you're seeing voices and you're seeing commentary and seeing things that are being created on a video that. Really, you should give no validation to, but it's hard not to because it's right there as soon as you pick up your phone and um it just creates another level and another layer and another need for just some just internal awareness and internal strength and peace and knowing that you know that person or that comment or that really uh I'm not gonna give it that much weight if if any.
1: Now we're talking to Alan Houston here on the Sports Spectrum podcast, and you and I are around the same age. You're just a couple years older mm-hmm. than myself, and you played. I, I love the era that you played in, in the most of the '90s, and then into the early 2000s. And you played against some of the best players ever, guys like Michael Jordan and Carl Malone and Charles Barkley and Hakeem Olajuwon, and even against uh, LeBron James late, or early in his career. Later in your career, the list goes on and on. I wonder, just from a perspective as a player, who was a guy that you played against and you thought, why isn't this guy? Why aren't people talking about how good this guy is? Is there an underappreciated or underrated player that you played against that you were just like, why isn't this guy getting that sort of publicity or notoriety and how good he really is? Yeah, everybody. That's the thing. People... People don't forget just to just to make it to the NBA, just to
0: get an NBA contract for one year is extremely hard. Yeah. So you can go that You can go down any roster and say that. You know, because people don't appreciate what it takes to. And I and I and I it took me a while to really kind of sit back and appreciate what you know I was able to experience and what God kind of the talent that He gave me, the height that He gave me. You know, the athleticism he gave me. And I'll, although I worked extremely hard and had a great supporting system and great coaches, you know, you I see so many young players and athletes. And I see from every level now, because I have seven children, so I'm watching all kind of youth sports. I'm watching kind of all. I watch now to kind of develop the fundamentals and what goes into it, how far a, a, a player and make it. And I just get a much more of an appreciation for what that looks like. So I can, you know, I can talk about a Kerry Kittles. I can talk about a Jerry Stackhouse. I can talk about, you know, Rudy Gay. I can talk about, you know, so many players that. The, the, the normal fan would say, ah, he's all right. And these kids say, ah, he's all right. Well, what do you mean he's all right? <laughs> you know, this this guy is a professional and one of the top in the world at what he does. And it's it's just, it, yeah, it's rare. But I think that's natural. I think it's natural as a, 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 a fan of sports to say, to want to say this is the top. This is, this is who I identify with being the best. And I think it's a natural thing that we have to want that. But there are so many and with so many great players that I played against Doug West, Ricky, you know, um, uh, who was the, the guy from uh, I mean I guess it go on Brian stiff yeah. um you know, so many players that you would say, oh yeah, but man, you know, tough tough Mitch Richmond, you know even Joe Dumas. I mean thing is you the the greatest players to ever play. You know you you, you you don't you kind of forget like man that person was really
1: good talking to Alan Houston here on the sports spectrum podcast your faith in Christ is important to you I know that this podcast is a faith and sports podcast when did that start to take shape for you was that something that took place at an early age well I think everybody's faith uh, takes different
0: you know emphasis and priorities and different points of life you know we, Growing up in Louisville, Kentucky, we had a culture of faith in our family, and how we expressed our faith through um, how we went to church. Uh, it was just something that was part of our language, part of our life. And my, my mother always used faith-filled words and language, and I, I saw it in just the way you know the, their character was. When I was about fourteen or fifteen. Um, I felt God calling me specifically. Um, and, I just went up and gave my life, uh, to the Lord and said, I wanted to, I wanted Jesus Christ to, to I wanted to acknowledge that I am a sinner, that I do need, uh, have a, a, a relationship with, with God. And, um, I, I just went up and, and acknowledged it and confessed and, uh, was first that was when i was about sophomore in high school but i think my the, the strongest point of of that um part of me happened probably when i was um when i got signed to the, with the new york knicks um mm-hmm. and when i got to the knicks I, I played i played for the pistons for three years got drafted and uh, after playing four years of college and then I played for the Pistons for three years and I was a free agent, signed with the Knicks in 1996. My wife and I got married that same summer so that was a really um, I mean a, a really impactful summer for me and just growing into a, a man where you're, you're 25 years old you get married, you sign a big contract and you go play in, in the Madison Square Garden and while I had, you know, known the Lord and been saved, I wasn't living, uh, in my opinion, you know, accordingly. And um, and I had a cousin of mine who I kept in touch with throughout college, and he, you know, he was going to school, ironically, at the um, University of Iona, which is 20 minutes from where we trained for the Knicks. And then I had two people... Uh, Charlie Ward and Ronnie Grandison, who were on my team when I signed with the Knicks, who were just really great spiritual mentors for me, and I just started really yearning for knowing who God really is and what He really wants from me, what He's what He really has for me, and I just started to see, um, I, I just started to see more clearly in those areas of uh, how I can um be the best I can be from not just a physical skill standpoint on the court but how my life uh can reflect who God really is and who he really designed me and created me to be and uh you know when you're when you're a professional athlete and I would say if you're good at anything you do it's 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 um you can kind of take for granted how much you need uh God And I think, and so you have to train yourself to be aware spiritually at the end of the day, how much, you know what, this could go at any second, any time. I'm not guaranteed any moment. Um, And I think that that was the period of my life where I really sought God and really said, okay, I get it. I really get now that you want more and more from me that I just wasn't. Um,
1: and yet once we figure that out sometimes the battles still present themselves right and we still struggle because uh, we're human so talk about wrestling with god talk about spiritual battles that maybe you experienced even after mm-hmm. that time when you first came to the knicks and just because the mba culture and the NBA lifestyle is mm-hmm. so just it's just there it's just different it's crazy mm-hmm. you're traveling all the time can you talk about some of those spiritual battles that maybe you you wrestled with?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, even I think it, it always it, it's it always ebbs and flows, right? You know, you um, you go through those moments where you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I feel good about my life, and then all of a sudden, um, your human nature kind of takes over, and then you you think uh, again, like, I'm doing great, I don't need. God, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think for me, uh, a lot when you're a professional athlete, um, and like, and this is in any walk of life, but I think when you're living, you know, in a world where everything is done for you, people are telling you um, how good you are, and you, you know, you, I don't ever like to think of myself or think of the, the the celebrity concept, but it's real because you can see how people look at you and treat you, and. It, you you have to really not let your ego um, and, and pride get out of hand, and so being humble was not always it wasn't a big challenge for me. But um, I think you know the challenges were, were, that was one because you you think you, you try not to think of yourself more than you you are, you know, and so now it's, it's, your your life is kind of centered around what you do and uh it can take priori- priority over everything. And so now when you you know, I found with me that you know, I had to catch myself because I felt like, well, my life and my needs seem more important than everybody else's because of the magnitude of my job. But that doesn't always have, that shouldn't be the case. Um I mean, you know, when you, when you're out in the culture of the NBA from, you know, you're hanging out. You have access to any pretty much anything you want. Um, and I think you you have to really be mindful of, that, be guarded from that. Um, you, you know, we're thrown in situations where you're out in public or out at night, and there there are decisions that you have to be ready to make. Um, that because you're a professional athlete or a celebrity, that you don't think. Uh, you know, you think you can get away with, right? And the reality is, um, you know, God calls us to be holy. He calls us to be set apart. He calls us to be different. He calls us to be something that's not um, uh, that's not that's not consistent with, with what our culture says from the things we say from the the language. You know, I we Charlie Charlie Ward was a mentor of mine, um, you know, never cursed, right? And so it's it, it almost got to the point where it was, it was strange not to hear strange to hear someone who didn't say a curse word. <laughs> and that's that's the culture that you, you know, live in. It's just strange when somebody doesn't want to go out, go to the club or go to the bar. It it's so so those are the things that you, 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 you still have to to, to struggle with, you know, and you still have to combat, and then, you know, and then as you go on, and you know, you have a family, you have, um, you know, there's, there's then there's challenges you have that you have to overcome with just in marriage, you know, and and that's something that you, it's going to happen. You learn and you grow. You're connecting with another person. You're, you're giving yourself to another person. I think for me the biggest challenge was, you know you know, giving myself and thinking outside outside of myself more. Um and, and just being just having a disciplined lifestyle.
1: Is it hard? Like I, I love how you referenced Charlie Ward and, you know, you and Charlie and maybe you know you don't want to alienate any teammates when you're building a culture in sports, but you're also gravitating towards people who are like-minded as believers. Uh-huh. How did you kind of manage that and not alienate your teammates, certainly with the teams you play with and even as a front office guy now, but still, um, you know, kind of be, I don't know, just, I guess be open about your faith or be unashamed about your faith without alienating teammates. Well, I think for
0: me, people knew – Started to know that was that was probably one of my biggest challenges because again I was trying to um negotiate this and and find this who I was spiritually as I'm going through this and so what, what I tried to do um, was I'm still trying to work on myself and trying to find that within myself so I'm gravitating towards people who I want to be like but, but it was a tough balance not alienating myself. So, you know, if I look, when I look back on it, I would have probably done more of, you know, hanging out with, and being more, um, uh, social, um, hanging out more with other teammates. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't like we were, you know, alienating myself, but I think we had a group. We had groups who were going one way, and we had some groups that were trying, you know, that were that were not. And so I found it challenging, um, and and to to negotiate that because I'm still trying to find out what's best for me. And um, but you know, when you when you're with a team, you know, you're with each other so much that you go through practices, bus rides, travel. Yeah, just all these parents' engagements. Well, you I mean, you become family no matter what. Um, so, the, the the struggle for me was, yeah, going through this growth in myself as a as a young man at 25, 26 years old, and trying to and trying to figure it out and balance it out.
1: I know giving back is is so important for you. Can you tell us about the the Allen Houston Legacy Foundation and what it's about and why you started it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we well, my father and I, you know, playing for him at the University of Tennessee was is, is kinda at of the core of you know, my story. Um, going up to Louisville, watching him coach so many great players with those Louisville teams and then playing for him at Tennessee, I just got much more of an appreciation for who you know, who he was and what, what that did for me. And so, um you know, when I got that, when I got that, op- got that opportunity to, to do that, um, you know, it was it, it created something that we started um, with our foundation in terms of the uh, working with fatherhood, working with fathers, mentors, and the connection between youth and adults. And um, so we started uh, Father Knows Best, the basketball retreat. We started a business entrepreneurship program. But we started, what really came out of that, what got really laid on, on me and my family now is is a whole enterprise now. We launched a uh, digital education technology and an apparel brand. And we've have used all those experiences and that language to create um, this, this methodology around, you know, just coaching leadership, working with youth and adults, you know, we work with corporate leadership. Um, and we, we have formed this entity called Fizzle. And Fizzle is an acronym for faith, integrity, sacrifice, leadership, and legacy. So those five, uh, letters or words make up this, our uh, brand. And, um, it's, it's been a really, incredible over the last 12 years to see how um, our, our community partners, our families, our youth groups it have, have really embraced the, the words and the language to, to try to make it a part of their lifestyle.
1: You've been obviously an advocate for fatherhood and mentorship initiatives that you just described. I love the, the Fizzle, uh, Faith, Integrity, Sacrifice, Leadership, and Legacy There is a fatherhood void out there for a lot of people, including myself. I grew up without uh, a dad that was really present in my life. You're now a dad to seven kids. And when I heard that earlier, seven kids, my goodness. Um, Where are we today as fathers in America? Encourage, especially a lot of guys listening to this podcast, encourage them and talk about just fatherhood, why it's so vital for kids to have a father in their life. And even those that maybe grew up without one, and and encouraging them as well.
0: Well, I mean, listen as a father, says, and I first of all, I think about, you know, what is my responsibility? What is my what is my role? And that's why I love fizzle because I, it it helps helps me even as a father frame who I am, what I should be doing. I if mean, I think the father it's like when you become a father. It's like you're not really physically. You never know what you're really ready. You just it just happens, and you you prepare, um, and hopefully you know you you prepare in a way that you had that one person that that you're married, and but it doesn't always happen that way. And that's not that's not uh, you know the uh, our our real life and culture, but either way, I think all of us need to understand that you know, nobody is perfect. Right. And mm-hmm. as a father, I understand there's some things that I learned from my father, some things I want to do better. He was an incredible example. Uh, and I want to, first of all, I wanted to be present. I want to be present in my kid's life. I want to, I want to give them, uh, I want them to see a model that they can work from, you know, whether they're like five daughters. So, I want my 5 daughters to see like, you know, what when you start looking at relationships and, you know, uh, male friends or even female friends, look at relationships, how you go about life, you know, just um, just the principles that you want. You want to live by your work ethic, uh, how you go about things. Um, and I just I just want at the end of the day, hopefully they can look and, and see a, a, a model. And that's what I got from my father. Um, you know, we all have different personalities that I've learned, got different personalities, things that want, some people may be more competitive. Some people may not, mm. but as a father, I just want to, to um, be a provider to them. I want to kind of be a protector. I want to, I want to, um, you know, I want to share wisdom and knowledge, you know, according to my experience. And I think that counsel, uh, is something that, that, uh, I think fathers do. But when I look at the state of, of fathers, um, I I actually see a lot of men who are trying to be good fathers. You know, I think for a while we we've, we've heard this narrative of, um, the lack of fatherhood and, and, and fatherlessness. And now I understand that we have, we do have this um, physical and statistical void, but I'll tell you that there are a lot of men that I've seen and run into who really want to be good fathers, and, I, and, and now it's like, how, how do we do it? I think most people say, well, how do we live this life? You know, when Jesus said in John 14, Since I am the way, the truth, and the life, you know, my wife and I talked about that one day as well. Jesus wants. There's, there's just a way that God uh, designed us, and there's a way that He says we can live to, to live our most beneficial life. And I feel like as a father, um, it's my role to kind of uh, point in that direction and hopefully model it as much as possible. But to be to be a a real influential voice. Is, is what I've seen that um really hopefully happens as much as anything right? um as a kid I have a 19 year old I' have a 17 year old I know that they're, they're they're pretty much going on their own and I've seen how my conversations my relationships my roles with each one they change over over time and I, I have to be very mindful of the Holy Spirit because there are a lot of times when I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do mm, yeah. <laughs> as a father. And the thing that I do know is that if I just sit and kind of just listen and try to understand, first of all, what, where they're coming from, meaning my children or my wife, what they need, and then I can say, all right, Lord, what do I do or say in this situation? He'll show you. He'll show you from your experience, or he'll show you from some other resource. But it's so important. If I had to say one thing, it's so important as a father to have a relationship with the heavenly Father, because we'll never have all the we will not have all the answers. There are times we don't know, and that's fine. But what he'll do is he'll show us who you know how we can uh, find the right answer, the right approach, the right support. And um, and and another thing that having a relationship with God the Father does is it validates us as fathers. Like we we were chosen to be fathers. Hmm. So with that, God will give us, will equip us, and show us how to be the best we can be. But 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 not you know a lot of fathers don't feel um, adequate enough, or or they feel uh, they're in the right position. But God gives us that, everything we need, you know, so um especially when it as relates to how they how we deal with their mother or our wife. Um I think that's that's another thing, is you know, being a father you have to be mature enough um to navigate you know, the relationships. So you know, it's a it's a it's a lot, man. But I tell you I I've learned I tell my kids, and I tell a lot of kids I learned as much from them <laughs> as they learn from me. Um, because we're all like you said it you said it, we're all we're human, right? And so because God created us to be human and communal people, we have to understand the
1: dynamic of relationships and what we can learn from them. He is Alan Houston, former NBA player, played in the NBA from 1993 to 2005, 13 seasons, two-time NBA All-Star, Olympic gold medalist. So much more we can talk about. Certainly your front office work with the Knicks, but our time is limited. Hopefully we'll have you back on again. But Alan, just really appreciate your heart uh, for serving and just thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Now, thanks a lot for having me. Great, Great to talk about it. And we do thank Alan Houston, two-time NBA All-Star, Olympic gold medalist for Team USA in 2000, longtime New York long longtime NBA player, and now the assistant general manager with the New York Knicks. We appreciate Alan for joining us here on the podcast. I loved his heart for fatherhood and his desire just to see dads impacting the lives of their children and just to help fill that void that so many of us have and not growing up with a dad. So we really appreciate Alan for for being here and sharing his heart with us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. We also appreciate you for listening. As always, you can find us over at sportsspectrum.com where all of our content is available, including a daily devotional. You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we're on all the social media outlets. If you like what you heard from Alan, please do share it uh, on your social media pages. If you would like to reach out directly, you can email me, jason at sportspectrum.com. And of course, you can send us any guest ideas you have or any thoughts that you want to have shared with us here at Sports Spectrum regarding this podcast. We also thank our sponsors, Compassion International, compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, $38 a month releasing a child from poverty. That's the impact that you can make when you go to Compassion International's website, compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, and you sponsor a child. It's just $38 a month, and I promise you it will impact this child's life for eternity. 1.8 million children are being impacted by the great work being done at Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Jason Romano. And again, we really appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time right here on Sports Spectrum.